Hey guys, this is Doug. Thanks for listening to What's the Hazard? I want to thank our sponsors for their dedication to the mission and their incredible generosity. Custom Concrete Specialists, the Nebraska Department of Labor On-Site Consultation Group, PML Construction, Make You Safe Wearables, SRP Environmental, and Liquid Trucking Company. Thank you all, and now, today's episode. Fantastic. Good morning, everybody. This is Doug, and you're listening to What's the Hazard? It is Friday, October 20th. Uh, it's going to be a beautiful day here in Omaha, Nebraska. Yes. 80 degrees, yeah. man. We've had a little taste of fall so far. The leaves are starting to turn. Nice and cool. I love those cool, crisp mornings. Yeah. Little sunshine. We've had a little bit of moisture. But today's going to be a nice, warm, beautiful Friday. So. It is indeed. I hope where you are, you're having a great day and you had a good week. Um, my guest this morning is an old friend of mine. We've been friends for probably 10, 15 years. Yeah. I have no idea. I don't even... 20, time, 20, yeah. 20 years. Yeah. Time is just such a weird know, right? artifact at this point. I don't even really, you know. But Mark Kane, Drake Williams yep. Steele... Um, I'm going to let him give you the title because your title is more than two words, and that always throws me off. But yeah, structural uh, division production operations manager. Right. So, but yeah. you you have a heavy background in operations, safety, quality, all of the components that go into actually running a business effectively. Yep. <clears throat> you do all those things, yep. man, which I think is really interesting and very unique. Uh, and we're going to talk a little bit about that, but. I think, like always, I'd just kind of love to hear your origin story, man. You're from Oklahoma. Yep. I found out. Yeah, Yeah, man. So if you wouldn't mind, talk a little bit about, you know, where you're from, how you came to be in this world. Yeah. And not necessarily, like, in this world, but in this safety thing that we do. I understand how that happens. Yeah, yeah, right. So I was born and raised in Oklahoma um, on a farm. Yeah, nice. Uh, yeah, so my dad uh, worked for a farmer, and uh, so I got to learn a lot about chopping cotton and running combines and hauling hay and plowing fields and, and did all that. And then um, he went out on his own and bought a couple of dozers. And, Your father. Yep, yep. So my dad went out, and so we uh, he started his business and had two bulldozers and a grader and a scraper and a whole bunch of other equipment and learned how to run that. And uh so how old are you running that stuff? You're like 12? Oh, are we talking about 15? Yeah, 12. Well, so I was chopping cotton when I was 10 on the farm. Uh, my first real job helping him, I was uh, 11 and uh, was pulling roots, uh, mesquite roots. And so he's got this big dozer with this big plow on it and drags. And, and so my job was to go pull all these roots out of the ground. And, mm-hmm. and so, um, so, yeah, so I ran dozers, uh, tractors at a, at a little bit younger age, but I ran dozers at 12, 13. And <clears throat> so did that for a few years and graduated high school. And he said, hey, here's the deal. Um, you know, I'll give you three options. Option one is I'll give you half the business, um, and you can work for me. Option two is you can go to college, and, um, you know, I'll help you as much as I can. Or option three, you do your own thing, and you got to figure it out on your own, Mm -hmm. right? And so Mm -hmm. I I, I ran hard and fast with option number two. (laughs) Went went to college, uh, moved out of southwest Oklahoma, and moved up into the Oklahoma City area, Edmond area. Yeah, and and so I went to school up there. Got a, a bachelor's of science and a master's of education in industrial safety uh, from University of Central Oklahoma. In the meantime, I met my lovely wife. Fantastic. <clears throat> yeah. So I was, uh, while I was going to school, I was uh, in some grocery stores. We had a large grocery store chain uh, down there. And, and so I uh, was running those as, a, as an acting store director. Okay. So you started on the operations side. Yep. You were yep. running things. Yep. 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 And uh, so Baker Stores bought us. 
um, bought our grocery stores mm-hmm. down there. And that's where I met my wife. She came down as the HR person for the division. And so there were four or five people that came from down there. And uh, so we started, we had to ask Jack Baker um, if we could date, right? Because he had to do all that. And so, so <laughs> Kelly knew him. Uh, she actually used to mm-hmm. babysit for him. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so we, uh, so, so we started dating, uh, got married. I actually left Baker's um, and went to work at AWG. So it's the wholesale side of, of okay. the grocery store business. I wrote ads. Um, so I was in advertising. Okay. Yeah, I was in advertising for about nine months. Uh, my daughter was four weeks old. <laughs> so wow. made a made a big change there, but wanted to be more involved with being able to be home more. And the resale side of things mm-hmm. was a lot of late nights and people calling in and long hours. And so I wanted to have a little bit more of a family um, environment. And so did that with the, the wholesale side of things. And where were you living at this time? I'm in Edmonds still. <clears throat> okay. And then uh, she got a call that said, Baker's is selling the stores and I'm moving back to Nebraska. You're more than welcome to come <laughs> where you can stay. <laughs> and so the paperwork said, hey, you're a trailing spouse. And I moved to Omaha and that's okay. where it started. Okay. Um, very humbling experience. Uh, Baker's offered me a job back in the store at three levels down lower. Um, but it was a job, right? And, mm-hmm. and so it was something I was very familiar with and worked my way back up and then... Uh, 2001, I left and went to work for Lozier. Lozier, yeah. <clears throat> yep. So it was a uh, safety professional for them for okay. yeah for for four or five almost five years. Um, so was that where you were officially first back in safety? I was. mean, you're you're always in safety right. if you're in operations, yep. but officially your first yep. safety job was with Lozier. Was Lozier. Good outfit. Probably a lot of Lozier's great outfit. Yeah, my first year there, um, they were doing a VPP renewal. Oh, and yeah. And so I got to do a full scale. Is that where we met? Mm-hmm. It was, yeah. I so got to do that. And, and yeah, say, man. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Wow. To actually see how a good program runs right. is a unique opportunity. It is. Lozier had a great safety program and an overall good company. Um, and in fact, when I went to work for Drake, uh, you know, about seven years later, I, I obviously had a lot of their stuff that I knew and, mm-hmm. and just kind of built a program around mm-hmm. what they had already had. And so... Um, just just kind of started from there. And so you came into Drake Williams in a safety capacity or more of an operations capacity? I did. Capacity? So at Lozier, um, I was there about five years in the safety role. And then I slid into production, got to missing that operation side mm-hmm. of things. And so I slid into a uh, production operations role there as a supervisor. And, uh, you know, I, I, I tell people... The day that I became a better safety professional was the day that I became a production supervisor, mm-hmm. right? And, and I was able to walk in their shoes and understand their challenges. And, you know, you've got safety coming at you, you got quality coming at you, you got operations coming at you, you got HR coming at you. Then you got people going, I don't think my life is good today. And they have feelings, you know. <clears throat> and, and, right, right. And, and everybody gets, you know, a lot of stuff coming at them. And so you really had, it forced me to step back and, and take a completely different approach on how I wanted to handle safety, mm-hmm. um, you know, moving forward. When it's not your exclusive focus. Right. And that is a really interesting comment yeah. because for those of us whose sole focus is safety, we we start to believe that it is the most important thing. Right. And we all we all love that mantra. Right. Who can argue with the mantra safety first? Right. But the reality is it's just a, a combination of everything that can't be separated, but it's not really like you can just set one of those elements apart. It's just right. work, right? We're doing work. And so all of those things have to be a part of it. So I think that is really a unique perspective to be able to, you know, I always thought, you know, when I was with OSHA, I always thought it would be helpful if OSHA compliance people had some previous construction or industrial experience so that they can weigh those things. Yeah. You know, I look at it, you know, a little bit differently to your point. You know, when you get somebody that's in that safety 
role. They want to come in and you know really focus on the safety. And, and what really people need to understand is how do you have safe production, right? And how mm-hmm. do you get that? How do you get the luxury of being able to to take an employee that says, I don't want to do this because I feel unsafe and be able to have a conversation with them and maybe pull a team of people together and say, hey, what do we need to do to minimize or eliminate all the hazards and what can we do to help you feel more comfortable, mm-hmm. right? And, and so really looking at that and, and, and too many times I think that some the, the safety professionals that don't have some of that experience, they, they, I think they miss that. And, and so really one of the things that, that I really try to make sure we put out there is safe production. Let's focus on that mm-hmm. because as soon as we have that employee to do that now, he feels safe or she feels safe back that up and say, well, go ahead and do that because we know it's safe. Then they're going to say, well, production obviously is king and you don't really think about safety right, that much. And right. so, so really just looking at that. That's really critical, that, man. Yeah. Just look at that aspect of it. And, and you have quality experience as well. I do. So you've, you're kind of coming at it from all these different directions. Yeah. yeah. So, um, as I, so, so back to, to your question with Drake. So came on with Drake as a safety and training coordinator, did that for a few years and then took on quality and really took more of a, a holistic risk approach because we build stuff that if it fails in the field, it's, it's a bad, you know, it's catastrophe. Mm-hmm. Can you talk a little bit about what yeah. Drake does for those people that don't know Drake? Williams? Yeah. So we build structural steel. Um, we also have some railroads. We do some mis, uh, miscellaneous metals. So, uh, the ballpark in town, uh, that's our steel. We don't erect it, but you know, we, we mm-hmm. supply it. Uh, we don't forge anything. We just bring it in and we cut it. We weld it. We drill holes in it, you know, basic fabrication. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got some steel in the top of the Atlanta Falcon Stadium. No shit. Yeah, yeah. Very cool. Yeah, and so we do some hospitals. Colorado's a big market for us and, and stuff like that. Big so, stuff, though. Yeah, we do big stuff. You go into your facility, and one of the first things that becomes very obvious is it's big. Yeah. The buildings are big. Yeah. The materials are big. Yeah. It is uh, much different than a lot of industrial settings that it I is. go into. It is. And the cool thing about our place is... We have, you know, you know, you look at the big stuff we do, but we also do the small, pretty stuff, right? So, mm-hmm. so we, we, we consolidated our areas uh, four or five years ago, maybe six, and uh, we can do stairs and countertops and handrail. And so we really build the, the neat stuff too. So, you know, the structural side of things is all the core and the big, mm-hmm. but now we, you know, we're really good at how do we build the small things, to, mm-hmm. the, the, the pretty stuff inside and, and stuff. And so it's, it's really neat to see what comes out of I, our shop. Last time I was down at your facility, it's been a few years ago, we did some sampling and... You were showing me a spiral staircase yeah. that one of your guys was fabricating, yeah. which, you know, must be incredibly difficult yeah. to do a spiral staircase that is going to then fit into a the allocated space yes. in a building. Oh, my God. Yeah, that, that measurements aren't necessarily always right when we get <laughs> right, them. And, right. Yeah, so field measurements are critical and then, you know, a good hammer every Really <laughs> elaborate. You must have some real craftsmen. Yeah, some we have some really talented people. We have some really talented people. It's excited to, to watch nothing turn into something pretty mm-hmm. cool. It really is. It's amazing. And so um, now you're in the production side. Yep. You are a production manager. Yep. And, but obviously that background in safety, the background in quality, mm-hmm. as you said, it all lends itself to being a good production manager. Yeah. It really does. I mean, again, when you look at, at the whole risk and, and, and then you step back and you say, hey, we want to make sure we're doing the right thing, you know, and, and really Drake is a, a really good company because too many times people talk about, well, I want to be OSHA compliant. Well, no, we want to do the right thing because it's the right thing. Right. You know what I mean? And so mm-hmm. I've been blessed and fortunate enough to work for a couple of companies that, they really that. support it, and they, and they get it, and they support it, right? We yeah. want to put our money where our mouth is. And so um, been, I've been fortunate to, to, to be able to be a part of a, of a company that does that. And, and so 
there are times that you have to back up and regroup. Um, you know, employees want to do the right thing. The majority of them mm-hmm. do. And sometimes that is maybe the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so you got to say, hey, Doug, stop. You know, hold on here a second. Well, they're being paid to get product exactly. out the door, right? Exactly. And so that's what they're focused that's on for the most are. part. And so, you know, our job is to make sure, you know, what I really – uh, want to focus on is making sure that our leadership team sets the culture, right? Mm-hmm. They drive the culture. We drive uh, the quality, you know, whatever leadership makes a priority, then that's obviously what the mm-hmm. shop does, right? Mm-hmm. And, and so, um, but but really look at how does our supervisors lead um, the, the safety programs and the quality programs and, and that culture, and then how do they continue to push that down to the employees? So that way it's just a part of everybody's nature instead of just the Manager said, you got to do this, right? Right. You know, so uh, my buddy Aaron was on last week. We were talking about sustainability, Mm -hmm. and you and I talked about this at breakfast. The way that you structure your management system has a big impact on that, the sustainability piece, because you and I have both seen situations where there is a safety manager who's responsible for safety, and when that safety person is not available, it's not being... right driven the same way, but that's not the way that you guys have no. things set up. Talk about how, what your structure yeah, looks like. Yeah. So, um, so I, I, to, to the same sustainability thing, we, uh, um, the, the last couple of years that, that I was doing this role, um, we started seeing, you know, Hey, we are missing some things here. And, and so, um, that's why we reached out to you guys and one of your team and, you know, your, your group, mm-hmm. uh, one member of your group came out and said, Hey, um, you know, I can do some new orientations for you. And that's really kind of where you got to see Drake and, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And so Doug came out and, and did some things. And then we, uh, you know, we made an offer to a couple of employees or, you know, a couple of gentlemen to come work for us. And uh, Ben's been great, mm-hmm. you know. And, and so, but we really, when that happened, I wanted to make sure that our, that our team understood that we set the culture and the safety uh, person they were the resource, right? And it was our job to ensure that we are driving policies, we are driving procedures, we're engaging with our employees and really making sure everybody understands that it starts with the supervisors, right? Mm-hmm. And, and they're the ones that set the tone. And again, too many times, uh, you know, when you go into new, you know, safety professionals come into a place well, you're the now the doer, right? And so we really need to decide, am I the doer or am I going to be kind of managing the processes? And, and, and how do I become a resource versus a doer? When you're new, you're going to be a doer anyway. You know yeah, what I mean? But it's how hard do you, not to be. It's hard not to be, right? Yeah. You want to be engaged and you want to be part of the team. And, and and I was telling my wife, you know, last night we were talking, I said, you know, really kind of the, the safety guys, and uh, sorry, ladies, but, but the safety professionals, sure. they are, they're in a bad spot because they really don't fit in the production team and they're not necessarily part of the HR team. They're really not. And right. so sometimes they feel like they're on an island by themselves. I, I would agree. <clears throat> and so... Uh, so she goes, so, so how do you fix that? And I said, well, what I did and what Ben did is you partner with your maintenance guy because nobody, you know, that's the worst job in the shop. Right. And so misery loves company. Right. And so That's true. But it, but it is. But what happens when you partner with your maintenance team, now all of a sudden you really understand because your maintenance guys are out there in it, right? Mm-hmm. Your maintenance team is out there. So now you, you get, a, you know, you get an ally in your maintenance team and, and really lean on that. Um, but then outside of that, you've got to have those relationships. You've got to start building relationships with those leaders mm-hmm. um, because if not, you're, you're going to be fighting them. And you just want to come do the safety thing because. And it's, no, how can I build it in the process? How can I work with you to, to build this into the process? Mm-hmm. And so um, it's, uh, it, it's interesting. It, it, it's a challenge. You've hit on a couple of things that I'd like to go back to, man. There's a lot in there. 
Um, the first one you had mentioned, you know, this lives or dies kind of at that frontline supervision. Mm-hmm. How do you, I mean, we talk about this all the time. How do, how do the, how does the leadership team engage that frontline supervisor so that they are actually on board with, you know, that they're really believing right. that, you know, this is important yeah. and it's just not lip service, but get the shit out the door. Right. How, how do you do that? So, um, so when we made the transition, um, I was very clear that Ben was a resource uh, because I didn't want him to get sucked in. And, and I say, Ben, we hired another gentleman as well, but, but Ben uh, worked for, you know, he, he was in our shop all the time. And so really was, was kind of there. Um, and, and I told him, Hey, just make sure you understand you're going to be part of our team. But right now I need to make sure that the supervisors understand that, that we set the culture, that we drive this. And so I really need you to kind of be behind the scenes a little bit here and just you and I will continue to do this. And, and when I come, you know, when, when we're ready, I think we're all ready to understand how this is going to work as a resource and drive this through, you know, repetition and stuff like that. So I took the, the leadership team. We started doing audits and stuff that we had never done before. And mm-hmm. they're like, well, isn't Ben, you know, isn't our safety coming? I'm like, no, he's not. Right? I'm <laughs> right. like, this is odd. And I'm like, yeah, again, just continue to reiterate this. And then, you know, we did that for about six or seven weeks. And then, okay, Ben, now we're going to be a part of this and slowly doing that. But in the meantime, I encouraged him to go have one-on-one relationships, build those one-on-ones relationships with those supervisors, work with them, understand their business. Mm-hmm. Um, because if you want to be successful – you got to understand the business. And that's where I really went back to the day that I became a production supervisor. I became a better safety professional mm-hmm. because I understood the business now and really know what that looks like and what that feels like to them. And, and, and they'll appreciate that more and they'll be more receptive and open to you. But you got to build that relationship and understand the business. That's huge. I, I think you've touched on something that gets un, unfortunately overlooked a lot is understanding the business yeah. as a safety person. That's huge. You know, you can understand the regulations, but if you don't know your business, you're not going to really be included and you're not going to have a lot of credibility with the people that are making those decisions. Right. I love that. I, I, I like that concept. We're going to start with the, the uh, supervisory team yep. and we're going to be out there s- establishing the culture for our expectations. Yep. And then that safety person is just a resource. Correct. I've seen that, and that goes back to that sustainability piece yeah. that, that Aaron was talking was. about. If the safety manager is the safety program and the safety manager is unavailable, the safety program is unavailable, yeah. essentially. It comes to a halt. It comes to a halt. That is so important, yeah. the way that you structure this. And um, I see a lot, I still see a lot of situations where the safety guy takes care of that. Right. They take care of safety. Yeah. My job is to get product out the door or to provide the service, right. whatever that is. And to view that as separate is really yeah. a mistake. It is. That's, You've got to be able to blend those two. That's really cool, man. So talking about you talked a little bit this morning when we were having breakfast about like letting go. <laughs> <laughs> You're bringing in these new safety yeah. people and the challenge of just letting go. Talk yeah. about that a little bit and some of the struggles that. So so that was an opportunity. Uh, uh, you know. <laughs> <There> you <go. laughs> right. Yeah. That, uh, so, you know, had, what, 13 years, you know, at, at Drake building the programs and, and rebuilding the programs and... Uh, Living the programs. Yes. And, and, uh, and so, yeah, um, 
it was uh, it was an opportunity. You know, I thought, oh, yeah, I can do this. I can bring him in and just you know kind of be a coach, and mm-hmm. and and we can make this really work. And so, I uh, found myself watching the change and and going, man, I know this is you know the the new person's job. This is their role, and I expect them to you know they want to enhance it and take it to the next level. And, mm-hmm. But yet, I'm sitting here going. That's not what I did, <laughs> right? right? The um, owners, I mean, you've developed all these programs. Yes, this is yeah. your program yeah. in large part. Yeah, so I, uh, I went to a couple safety committee meetings and found myself wanting to still be overly involved and uh, went to the last one and sat on my hands. I, as you can see, I talk with my hands a lot, but literally had to sit on my hands and, and just, I, I can't do this. And so I stepped back and, and just went to the young man and said, sorry. I need to step back. I need you to this to be your program and not mine. Um, and, and I'm here to coach you and mentor you. And, and it's both a blessing and a curse, right? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, like we talked, sometimes a safety professional comes in and they don't have anybody to, right. to, to show them. How, give me the history of how we got yeah, here. Yeah, the predecessor has left. Yeah. And so, which is which is good and bad. And then you've got, because huh. then you really have a, a, a unique uh, opportunity. But then coming behind somebody that, that, that has all the, the knowledge and, and, like you said, lived it it becomes hard. And, and mm-hmm. so, you know, he's wanting to prove himself, you know, and I'm wanting to let him, but yet I want him to, I did this this way. Right. And mm-hmm. so, so I stepped back and, and uh, just again, continue to let him be a resource um, and, and, and really focus on driving that with the supervisors and guys, things are going to change. He is, mm-hmm. th- this is their program. And, and so this right. is what we're going to do. And, and he's done an amazing job. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, and so um, have really took the consultant, role with him yeah and, yeah. and allowed uh, just you let just, him come to you mm-hmm. if he needs help yep. or if he's obviously there's a line that you can't allow to be crossed right. so as the observer hey you have to you have to accept that there's going to be some differences in <laughs> yeah. how he views things right. or this person views them from you right. okay i can yeah. be the bigger person and yeah. allow that but there, then there are lines you just can't yeah. allow to be crossed right. obviously yeah. so and there's times that's that, you a know, balance it is it is there's times that you know we're making some decisions and and it's like, we're going to do this. And he's like, oh, thank you for taking that. Right? <laughs> right, he's like, yeah. you're the bad guy now, not me. And, right. and so, but, but that's where we have to be. Absolutely. right? And so, you know, you, you talk about where's that balance. And there's times that, that we just step up and say, no, guys, this is what we're going to do. Right. We can talk about it. We can figure it out. But but this is what we're going to do because this is the right decision to make. And so um, he, yeah, afterwards, he's like, oh, thank you. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and so, no or, doubt. but he's doing, you know, and it, it's just it's really it, it's it's a really unique situation. You yeah. know, right. Man, it's just a game of experience, it is. truthfully. You it know, is. I mean, you can do all the education and all of the training, but until you've lived in that facility right. for a while, it's really hard to it is. really get it. You it know? is. That's a big facility. I mean, you know. Oh, it's an em- enormous. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And just what are what are the biggest challenges? I, let's talk a little bit about safety specifically. Just, you know, we were talking about structural steel. Mm-hmm. So you have beams that yeah. you guys are, you're welding on, you're yeah. tacking different, like, Plates fixtures and, and plates yep. and things on these things. They're going to go out to a job site for steel erection right. purposes, but you got to move that stuff around. Yeah. What, 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 what is the biggest issue? Or I guess not the biggest, but right. talk about things that you have to deal with that the widget guy doesn't deal with. Yeah. So everything that we make is custom right now. People say, well, you do 5,000 beams a year or 6,000 or 10,000, whatever, mm-hmm. pick a number. Um, while we cut that many or we process that many, when we go to put the other stuff on it, 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 um, it all becomes custom. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and so, uh, 
I did some time studies on a, on a plate. I wanted to see how many times that we had to touch or move or roll or something mm-hmm. along this line because really want to look at, you know, how do you incorporate a lean concept into your safety, quality, and production programs? Mm-hmm. And so um, I, I, I monitored this plate when it came in. So from the, the first time we took it off the truck until it got back on the truck to leave our parking lot, that, that piece of plate got moved 34 times, whether it was rolled, flipped, touched, mm-hmm. cut, ground. And so we move so much material, um, whether it be forklift or overhead crane, that it's just, it's insane. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so just the overall handling of, of the material is, is really our biggest issue. And, and what is, uh, describe a beam. Oh, a beam could be. With the dimensions and the weight yeah, and stuff. So, what's, what's a typical beam? You know, we could probably, uh, you know, if you did a 21 by 85 or 21 by 99, 30 foot long. And so what that means is 21 inches wide. It weighs 100 pounds per linear foot. Or So the first number is the width. The second number is going to be the weight per linear foot. And then 30 foot, 40 foot, 60 foot. Um, we're building some some big trusses right mm-hmm. now. And, and, you know, they're going to end up being 90-something foot long by the time we oh, assemble man. them together. And so... Um, it, it's it's pretty cool. And it to has watch. to move through yeah. the facility. Yeah, that that's the opportunity, right? And so, yeah, remarkable. It is, it but it's is. cool. It is way cool. We it's built some very stuff. cool. Yeah. And it's I, I've always envied people that can drive by the ballpark and yeah. say, that that's our stuff, yeah. man. That's our stuff. Yeah. I think that's really cool. Yeah, it is. So, what um, you mentioned earlier that you became a better safety person mm-hmm. the minute you had operational responsibilities. Yeah. This is something that I look back on my career and think, you know, I would have been a much better compliance officer had I had some exposure to the uh, management side, knowing what legal sufficiency is, knowing what obstacles you have working with the attorneys and the solicitors and all those things. Uh, You know, that hindsight is really helpful. Um, What's knowing the business that was the part of it that was most useful to you, understanding what the objectives were and yeah. You know, no, uh, really understand the objectives. And, and then how does that affect your decision-making? Correct, yeah. So so when you look at that, I mean, again, go back to when you're in the operation side of things, there are so many things that are coming your, your way, right? And, and so it's very easy to sit in an office and go, okay, send the email that says, supervisors, I want you to do this. And like, like this too, right? And, and so <laughs> what I found is that going down, but when it, after I was a supervisor, it was, Hey, safety person, come out here. Let's talk about this. Let's talk about what you're wanting, right? Let's let's establish the objectives for your <laughs> desire, mm-hmm. and then let's talk about how does that impact what takes place out here on the floor because uh, that's yeah. where it happens, mm-hmm. and that's where it happens. And so, as I started doing that and, and really having those conversations with the individual that took my place at, at Logier, it was um, it was really a benefit to both of us, right? Because we were just both had the opportunity to look at it differently. Um, and, and, and so as you do that, you learn those things and, and all the challenges that come along with, with being in operations, right? Mm-hmm. And whether it's people calling in sick or they don't feel good today or fill in the blank, right? right? I don't have enough people and we're working on day six and, you know, everybody's tired and, you know, things happen, mm-hmm. right? And, and so, um, so so really getting that and, and coming back and stepping back and saying, okay, time out. What, what pause do we need to put on here to make the process better? Um, and, and so really it, it, it opened my aperture of, from a safety person and a safety professional, as I expand and, and really look at this just slightly different, just slightly mm-hmm. different, what can I do? And, and so from an operation side, that's really the approach I take is 
well, hold on a second. We're doing this, and this is just, I, I don't like where this is going. I don't like the feel of this, right? And and just start really paying attention to, to what you're seeing, and let, let's put a pause here. Let, mm-hmm. Let's back up and regroup, and that's really what we try to do. And and the supervisors now are coming and, and really understanding that as well, too. And they're, you know, they're, they're saying, hey, this just doesn't quite feel right. Oh. And, and so so they're buying it. They're they're doing it, and, and that's really the, the, oh, that's the really neat big, part. Man. Oh, that's huge. That is, is. really big. It I'm is. impressed by yeah. that because— You said earlier, again, I'm trying to unpack all the things you've said, but you've said uh, we're trying to figure out a way to make our product as safely as possible rather than just be compliant. And there is this obsession with compliance. And I blame OSHA to some degree. They force us. And being compliant is important. I would never suggest otherwise, but being compliant isn't the objective. Correct. Right? It's not. And so, like you just said, that operations experience, okay, we're on day six of a project where we're understaffed. We've had a few people call in right. or whatever that case might be, and how that affects our ability to do this work as safely as possible. Right. Are we going to have to do it differently on day six than we did it on right. day one? And so let's back up and regroup. What does that look like? Mm-hmm. And then the conversations that you're yeah. having. You know, you bring that safety resource in right. and say, we have to do this with these circumstances. Yeah. How do we do it as safely yeah. as possible? Can we? Right. Or do we are do we stopping? Yeah. I mean, can we proceed? That's a totally different world than the checklist compliance right. guy. Which it is. is. Yeah, I mean, if you want to have a C program, then you just do compliance. And and again, everybody has a job to do. And and, and you know, every, you know, there's there's a reason for everything, right? Mm-hmm. When you talk about the OSHA group and stuff. But our job is to be better than that because you know we we want to make sure our, our employees understand we want to be better than that. Right. And and as you mentioned earlier, again, the consequences of you are not being on the top of your game can be seen right. downstream ca- in catastrophic yeah. outcomes. Maybe. Yeah. For, you know, when, when you look at it, when we look at risk, you know, we look at not only the risk, you know, look at it holistically, you have the safety, you have the quality and, and that is, you know, putting out a good quality product in an efficient, safe manner, obviously, um, because things fail in the field. Right. Mm-hmm. And then we also look at risk of reputation, you know, and how do we, how do we, how do we make sure that all three of those are, are at a level that is very high, right? Mm-hmm. And, and and how do we protect all three of those? You know, you obviously have employees and, and, and those types of things, but I incorporate that into your safety. But but look at that reputation, right? Somebody gets hurt all of a sudden, you know, you, you, you're a company that you have a lot of bad accidents. That's a bad reputation. Mm-hmm. You get, hey, they have a bad quality effects in the field or something bad happened out there, right? That's a bad reputation. And, and so what do we do to really drive that and protect all three of those in a manner that is, that again is, is, is at a high level, you know, mm-hmm. obviously integrity is, is part of that. You know, we want to do the right thing because right. it's the right thing. Because it's the right thing. Yeah. yeah. Talk a little bit about, again, um, I found this really interesting. I enjoyed your story earlier about a job interview <laughs> and this is obviously prior to Drake yes. Williams because you yep. would never look for a job right. now, of course, right. but prior to that, you, you were being interviewed for a job mm-hmm. and they were one of those zero, zero incidents. Incident companies and talk about that a yeah. little bit. I thought that was fantastic. So, uh, yes. Yeah, so, so while, while I was interviewing before I, I came to Drake, um, I, I went to on an interview and, and we were walking through the shop and the individual was like, yeah, we have a zero accident mentality. I'm like, Oh, okay. Um, and, and on paper, it sounds great. Sure. And conversation, man, it's amazing. Want to be there, love to be there. We all do. In reality, I, I struggle with, with that because, um, I just, I, I don't, I just don't see it being possible. We want to do everything we can to get as close to it. And so I, I was talking to the gentleman. And I said, that machine right there. And he's like, yeah. I said, <clears throat> you service it pretty good, right? Oh, yeah, we service it all the time. That machine's got to run. Does it ever break down? And he's like, um, well, yeah, it's it's broke down before. I said, okay. I said, well, you 
ride to work, right? And he's like, yeah, I said, your car ever left you stranded? You know, battery, take a go in the fritz, flat tire. Yeah, I said, okay. I said, those two pieces of equipment or those two machines are designed to run all the time and do everything, correct? Yes. I said, God made this human pretty unique. I said, if you have machines and cars that are designed to run all the time um, and, and, and yet they still break down and you have a person that you don't know what's going on with them, right? That mentally I'm not here today or what does this look mm-hmm. like? Um, they're going to make a mistake. They're going to do something wrong and, and, and that accident's going to happen. It is inevitable. <laughs> it right? is inevitable. I said, so our job as, as safety professionals and also your leaders is to figure out how do I catch that before something happens, right? Mm-hmm. How do I hear that that machine is making a bad noise and know I need to service it? How do I see that that battery is, you know, starting to turn over before it leaves me stranded? How do I understand that that employee's, he's not with it today, right? I've looked in his eyes or I looked in her eyes and she's just not quite there or mm-hmm. I can just going through the motions that something's not right or maybe they're sick today right and, and and so but they can't afford to take off because if i miss another day i might get terminated right mm-hmm. how do you how do you work past that i, I said and expect that human to be able to do that job without getting hurt like with machine that. efficiency yes. and yeah it's not going to happen and um well, we're getting close to it. Well, that, that's great. I appreciate that. Obviously, I didn't yeah. get that job. Um, <laughs> Which I love. Right. But 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 yet it was real. It was, yeah. hey, I, I appreciate where you're going. And that's sure. a great, it's a great message. It's a great message. Sure, it is. Yeah. And all of us are preaching it right now. Mm-hmm. But reality is humans break down just like other things. And our job as leaders and the safety professionals is to figure out how we can do that. Um, how we can catch that before that mm-hmm. happens. How do we engage with our employees? One of the things that, that we're doing... Um, one of our, 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 our strategic goals is engagement. And so we backed up and, and uh, <clears throat> put a plan together to where our supervisors are actually out engaging with our employees on a daily basis. They, they're required to go do that. And then we put a log together and said, we want you to monitor what you guys talk about. Why? Get out in front of them and just to check on them. It, it, there's a whole bunch of reasons for it. Mm-hmm. But, man, if I look at you in the eyes, Doug, and you're just not with it today, mm-hmm. that can cause me to have a pause. You're talking about stuff that, man, he's really not or she's really not focused today. That's going to give me a pause. Mm-hmm. So we need to have a different conversation. And, and so it's really been a good thing holistically for what we're doing. Um, but but yeah, but, but that engagement thing is, is Who is really, doing that? You're asking supervisor, your supervisors to be doing that? Our supervisors that? are doing that on a daily basis. Wow. That is so important. Yeah. Man. You, you, you said something else that just really <laughs> resonated with me, man. Um, I got it. There, there's a lot going there on is, here. And it is so hard to... People don't appreciate how hard it is to podcast yeah. <laughs> to, because you're saying so many things that I find interesting yeah. that I, it, it elicits a question right. and I have a bad habit of interrupting. So I try not to do Go that. Ahead. But the question that, you know, I'm like, oh, my God, what did he just say there? You mentioned I, I see this all the time. I talk to operators that refuse to wear hearing protection because they want to hear their machine. Right. But you've got to hear your employees, you too. Do. That is it's a T-shirt yeah, or something, right? I think, isn't it, man? Yeah. I mean, because that is so critical. Right. And the fact that you're out there doing these uh, just check-ins, mm-hmm. whatever, however you yeah. refer to that plan, yeah. I think that is so important. And the vast majority of people don't do that. Right. You know, I've said this many times <clears throat> as a safety consultant. I don't have the luxury of knowing the company or the employees well. I'm only there briefly. Right. If, if periodically that would be, you know, and so... I spend time talking with the employees. Just sometimes mm-hmm. it's it's it almost seems trivial or whatever, but just to open up a 
line of communication, right. let someone feel comfortable. And I know that the people that are paying me are standing back there saying, when is he going to start doing right. some safety stuff, damn it? Do some safety stuff. Right. And I'm like, this is safety yeah. stuff. This is how you get to the... This is going to get you somewhere. Yeah. I, I think it's overlooked again. Yeah. Just that basic communication is yeah. overlooked. So how did you guys structure this? You said you're asking your guys to do this on a daily basis. Yes. Yep. So... Um, is it becoming easier for them? It is. It is. And, and in fact, now, you know, for the first for the first probably 60 days, we had them to come back and document it. I, I put this mm-hmm. together and, and basically... Uh, put six or seven categories to talk about. Hey, if there's nothing to talk about, talk about the job, talk about the weather, talk about something, mm-hmm. click other, and then you guys talk about it. And one guy's like, yeah, this this uh, this guy that works for me, he went to Okoboji, you know, and I, I and he loves going to Okoboji. So that's their that's their thing mm-hmm. now, right? That's their deal. They talk about Okoboji and stuff. And so, but whatever that is, Perfect. want them to get comfortable enough, again, to, to direct all those, if I've got a, a safety concern, I want to direct it to my supervisor. If I've got an HR concern, I want to direct it to my supervisor. If I've got a quality concern, I want to direct it to my supervisor, right? And really just establish that relationship because what I, when you look at the engagement of what that does and, and go back and I'll, I'll, I'll kind of go sideways a little bit here. My wife said, whatever you do, don't go sideways. But look at a safety professional that's coming in, right? Because what happens is, the, the, the employee has an issue. He goes to the safety person. Safety person says, okay, I'll go talk to the supervisor. Safety person comes to the supervisor. Doug, hey, this happened, blah, blah, blah. Okay, here's what happened, yada, yada, yada. So then the, 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 the safety person comes back here. Then he goes back to the employee. Then all of a sudden we, we, we play this game. Mm-hmm. And, and in, in reality, the safety professional really can't do much about it mm-hmm. because the, the supervisor and the management team are going to be the ones that's going to make the changes with the input of the safety person. Right, And so – my first response as, as a safety per- person was always, did you talk to your supervisor? Did you talk to your supervisor? Mm-hmm. Did you let them know that this is a problem? Right. Right, because they can fix it immediately to where I, I can't. Um, so, so that engagement that we're doing, so, so, so circling the wagon here and coming back, is, is that engagement that we're doing is really driving that to, to really have that relationship with the supervisor so they feel comfortable bringing any issue to it. Right. Them. Eliminate those extra steps. It is. We can get mitigation much yeah. more quickly yeah. and efficiently. And yeah. there's things lost in the translation it occasionally. Is. It is. You know, because what's going to end up happening is all three of you are going to end up meeting because the mm-hmm. supervisor is going to come to the employee and say, Hey, here's mm-hmm. this. And then it's just, it, it really is. And so it took a little bit to do that. And mm-hmm. we, you know, we don't do it. And we, some do it better than others. Exactly. Obviously. Right. And, and so some employees really buy into it and others are like, I'm just going to go to the safety person. Mm-hmm. I don't care. I'm just going to go to the safety person. Yeah. Okay, so and if, we'll that's, that out. if that's what you're most comfortable with, let's do let's that. Let's do that. So, but hopefully this will make them more yeah, comfortable with that, yeah. the step going yeah. directly to the supervisor. And it really has. And, you know, we, we continue to emphasize that, hey, our safety professional has a lot on their plate right now. Um, and, and so we are going to continue to own more and more and mm-hmm. more and really reemphasize the fact that they are a resource. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we have our weekly team meetings and we talk to that with our employees. and said, guys, here's the deal. Our, our safety professional is, is, you know, taking on some different responsibilities. And, and so... We want to make sure that, that we're handling it through our safety committee members, through our supervisors. If that doesn't work, you know, through me, through my counterpart, Sean, and, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and then obviously we'll get our safety professionals involved if need be. So, so. You, you have a lot of avenues for this engagement piece, we do. it sounds like. Yeah, we which do. Which is really critical. And I, I think in the last few years, there has been a lot more conversation about engagement. Mm-hmm. You know, we always used to say employee involvement. Right. Well, the employees are always involved. They're always involved. If they're there, they're involved. Yeah. But they're not engaged right. necessarily. That takes a concerted effort, truthfully, to get them engaged. So sounds like you have a lot of different mm-hmm. opportunities for that yep. engagement, all being driven by that frontline supervisor. Correct. 
Yeah, the only thing that we do, we, we started uh, we started doing roundtable meetings with all our employees. So once a quarter, we have about 107 meetings um, with all of our employees. And so bring them in in groups of four or five, and we don't have the supervisors involved, and we just oh let them talk. Oh, my God, so we no have, shit. Oh, yeah, yeah, we do. 100 so, meetings. Yeah, and, and we, we packed. So the first time, we, str- we we strung it out, and the second time, we, we jammed them in about three weeks, and it was— Holy buckets! There's a lot of stuff, right? <laughs> right. And so, um, but 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 we just wanted to continue to drive that to say, hey, if you don't feel comfortable talking to your supervisors, it's the ability to talk to the leaders of the of the shop, right? And and so, um, so Sean and I have these meetings, and and um, and and we break it apart, and and this time. You know, I changed the format a little bit. So the first time it was like, blah, you know, they brought everything and anything. But, oh, yeah. but there's safety issues, there's quality issues, there's production issues, there's facility issues. HR right? so, issues, yeah. all sorts of. And so, yeah. but this time broke it up and communicated back immediately. Hey, we had, you know, communication still. It was, was we had 27 people talk about it and, you know, we're putting in some new machines. And so about 45 questions came from this. And so really broke it out and, and sent that out to our leadership, to our supervisors, as well as actually our um, HR department, our COO and or, or CFO, and 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 you know Derek's the, the president as well. Sent that out to those guys to say, hey, here was the feedback that we got this time and did this. Mm-hmm. And so, um, it, it's really been good. I mean, it really you you're know, getting useful feedback. You are. At this point. You really are. And you're doing this quarterly. We're doing it quarterly. Holy shit! Tell me about you it. You stop doing one and you start the next yeah. quarter. Yeah. Right. And that's basically what it is. And so, um, so we we really try to take some of the big picture things and address those the best we mm-hmm. can. And 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 so, um, but yeah, but but. We're we're really trying to focus on engagement and giving those employees every possible avenue. You know, some people call it voice of employees. Mm-hmm. I, I was talking to a gentleman the other day and he's like, yeah, voice of employee. I'm like, okay, you know, that, that's a great, that's yeah. a great, you know, sure. catchphrase, whatever you want to call it. But how do we engage our employees and really look and I mean, and, and so we've really been focusing on this, um, this last six months and it's been seven months now and it's been, uh, it's been really good. It's been uh, have really they good. revealed to you a few things that you had no idea about? Yeah, there's some things that caught us off guard. And it's mm-hmm. like, really? Yeah, why mm-hmm. Why is that? Because we, you know, and there's some things that we thought we were doing pretty decent. They're like, yeah, we're still not, right? And you're going to get one or two of those mm-hmm. people. But, okay, it sounds like we need to enhance, you know, enhance But more than doing. just a disgruntled employee, yeah. you find a few, oh, wow, that's really an opportunity yeah. for us to improve. Yeah, let's jump on that. There's a lot of gold in there, man, there if really you're is. willing to go mine it willing, out. Yep. Which is a, it's not always easy. It's not easy. It's, sometimes it's, it's like. Not. You're like, damn! I've right. really dropped the ball here. I mean, right. you have to be willing to. Uh, yeah, you got to be thick-skinned and yeah. be able to take it. And but so, that's so important, yeah. man. And so we incorporate that. And so you know, on our weekly meetings, um, you know, we, we have a weekly production meeting, and our safety professional is there. And, and so we sit through that and, and we talk through, hey, these are the things that came out of this, and you know, we need you to address this and look at this, or can you go get some information on this again? Utilize that as mm-hmm. a resource and comes back. And, and so yeah, we do that, and yeah, it's it's. It's been a challenge at times, but it's been good. It's been it's exciting. Awesome, yeah, that was very exciting. There's yeah. so much going on, man. But that engagement piece has really taken uh, center stage. Yeah, I mean, people are starting to realize the importance yeah. of that. Um, it's been talked about, and you know, some of the new new modern safety right. thinkers write about it and stuff like yeah. that. I've been trying to employ that with a lot of my clients, and it it truly makes a difference. Yeah. I hope everybody takes that to heart. Yeah. We have one guy, um, we transitioned our supervisors. I, I'm really big into, um, I want you to learn the other person's business, right? And, and so I, I shift the supervisors around a little bit. And we talk through what would you like to do and get mm-hmm. some goals. And so we moved some some people around. And, and so, so we moved some people around. And this guy came up to him and goes, why don't you ever come talk to me? I was used to you seeing me on a daily basis. You never come see me anymore. What happened? And so it must be working, yes, right? And, absolutely. And yeah, and, and so, um, so another employee said, 
Rob, really feel like with, with what these supervisors are doing, whatever you guys are doing, this is really helping, right? And, and so I know. Good. It's, the it's employees been, are noticing Yeah, it. the employees are noticing Oh, it. that's the most important that's, part, right? It is. Once they realize this is real yeah. and they start to see some change, yeah. that's fantastic. Yeah, it is. This is awesome, man. Yeah. So what do you do in your free time? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> do you have any free time? I um, mean, you've obviously got a wife and family. you got, like, issue, you know, yeah. life outside. Yeah, of- and like anybody else, we got life outside of here. We. Uh, mm-hmm. What do you like to do? Um, so you still hunting and fishing? And stuff? I, I hunt. I mean, if you're a kid from yeah. Oklahoma, yeah. you're outdoor guy. Yeah. So I'm an outdoor guy. We, we have a, we've got a place out on a, a, a small lake. And, and so my wife and I love to spend time nice. out there. Our oldest daughter lives in Galveston. My son's in the Navy. And so, um, yeah, so he's getting oh, ready man. to be deployed. We don't know yet where he's, he signed up for another three years. Yeah. Um, well, so thanks, he's in that thing. Yeah. No, it's pretty exciting. He's in Mississippi and got a granddaughter there. My Oldest daughter lives in Houston, and so we go down to Galveston quite a bit. We love going to Galveston yeah. area and stuff like that. And, and she's a gymnastics coach. She just went to New Amsterdam and did nice. a, yeah, coached a team over there. And the, oh my yeah, god, yeah, so it's That's great. very exciting. They're yeah. doing well. Yeah, middle daughter is uh, uh, she's coaching gymnastics as well, but uh, going to nursing school. And my youngest daughter is in high school, and so I chase. How many kids was that? Twelve? Yeah, no, right. <laughs> Luckily, only four. Okay, uh, four. But uh, there are times that that's a lot. Um, but, yeah, no, so my wife and I, we, we love going out to our place um, out in North Bend and just nice. hanging out and, you yeah, know, man. listen to, to all kinds of jazz or whatever on the pontoon and just kind of take a slow ride around. And I love that. Yeah. we. The that, pon- I love the pontoon. Yeah. I'm not a speedboat guy anymore. I don't like that noisy lake scene. Yeah. I like that nice, lazy yeah. pontoon lake. Maybe have a cocktail if that's your thing. Glass wine, whatever Maybe it is. Maybe not if it's yeah. not your thing, but... I, I love that. Yeah. That's awesome. So, yeah, man. so so that's that's You kind of need do. that to decompress a little bit. You really do. And the good thing is it's only about, with the construction out there right now, it's 45 minutes door-to-door. Prior to that, it was 38 minutes door-to-door. It's yeah. an hour from work. And so yeah. it's it's really, that's what we do. We, we you know, good we make sure, you. yeah, we, we focus on the family, and then um, we do that. But but I try to go to Oklahoma as much as I can and mm-hmm. go down and hunt and Nice. Spend some time with my mom and my sister, my nephew down there. I spent time in Oklahoma. I did some schooling in Oklahoma. Loved it. We mentioned, you know, when I got back from four years of Oklahoma, I was a little bit slower. I mean, not like intellectually, I don't know, perhaps, but it's hard to, you know, but I just, my pace was a little bit slower. It's I love the pace of Oklahoma. I actually developed, I said, y'all. Yep, right. And the first time you come back to Omaha and you say, y'all, they're like, what has happened to you? Right. <laughs> hey, it only takes me a couple of days. I come and back you're and right everybody, back yeah, in, it's like I'm right back into it. <laughs> Yeah, my wife, uh, she was very glad to come back home. Like I said, she said, you're more welcome to stay or you can come back. And so, <laughs> but she was from Nebraska. Yeah, she's originally from Nebraska. Okay. So, yeah, so she's born and raised here. And so, yeah. Oklahoma can be a hard, it can be difficult it for is. people that are not from that area. Yeah. It took me a while to, yeah. and I was in an acad- you know, academic setting, right. so it's different anyway. Most yeah. of the people there were from out of state, right. but I did love Oklahoma, yeah. man. That's awesome. Yeah, it, it, I you know I loved living down there, but uh, yeah, so but but things are good here. They are. They're really good. That's fantastic. Yeah. Well, man, we're running up on time. We've got like a minute left. You guys, what, what what's your wish list look like for you know your programming at Drake Williams? I, without getting into great detail, the strategic. What's the word that you used that you made up? Stra- oh, stratical. 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 Yeah, stratical. Strategic and tactical. Yeah, yeah. So, stratical. Yeah. So. Um, I, I was at a meeting uh, here the other day, and, and so I was telling my wife, I said, you know, I'm surrounded by all these people, and they're big, you know, strategic thinkers, and yet mm-hmm. they're talking about stuff that really impacts the tactical side of things. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, 
so so I said I came up with this word stratical, and she goes, "Oh, great, here we go, right?" And so, <laughs> right. But stratical, and you know, basically, it is is like having to make the decision and and being able to understand at what thousand level foot do you need to be communicating at, mm-hmm. right? Do I need to be up here with the thirty, forty, fifty thousand foot people? And if I do, what what words and 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 what you know phrases do I need to be catching and, and mm-hmm. saying to make sure they understand what our processes are really and how they're impacting our processes down here. And yet, how do I become tactical and get in the weeds down here to be able to say, guys, here's what the plans are. Right. And here's what we've got to execute on and how do we get there? And That's so, such an important concept yeah. too, man. Knowing at what level. And again, this is not, I think people mistake this for speaking down to Correct. people. It's not. But speaking strategically with a certain group who are who want that thirty five thousand right. foot view, and speaking more tactically, the day to day stuff, the more detail stuff with the people that need those right. details, that level of detail, yeah. that is a complicated. It, it can be uh, world, you know, and you have to deal with those folks because you're dealing with the ownership right. and the executives, and you're dealing with the employees, Correct. and yeah, you got to find that balance. You have to find that balance. It's interesting. Yeah. That's it good, is. man. It is. I've enjoyed our conversation yeah, immensely. I, hope I don't know if do it, it was what you wanted or not. It's exactly <laughs> what I wanted. It is always what I want because if no one else, I, I think people will gain a lot from the conversation. Mm-hmm. But, damn, I learned something every time. I'm incredibly fortunate yeah. to have, you know, a group of friends and colleagues that are willing to share this experience. Yeah. There is nothing more valuable to a new safety person, in my opinion, than hearing from somebody who's lived it and made mistakes yeah. and found a better path, perhaps. That is invaluable, man. So thank you for yep. sharing that. Have a great weekend. Yeah, uh, thanks for listening, guys. I hope you have a great weekend and a good week next week. And we will be back next Friday. Talk to you then. Bye-bye. A Media Production.